0: Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it.
1: You probably didn't notice me at the Academy Awards, but I was nominated for Best Black Canadian Sci-Fi Original Anthology Series Podcast. Of course, my nomination was overshot by by this guy. (laughs) Oh, wow! Wow! Of course, that's what everyone talked about. The slap that was heard around the world. Well, there goes my time to shine in the sun. There goes my moment of glory because of what happened next. Keep my wife's name out your mouth! I still appreciate my Academy Award for the Best Black Canadian Sci-Fi Original Anthology Series Podcast, even if no one else appreciated it. Thank you so very much for this magnificent award. And by the way, this is a bonus episode. This episode is going to go a little bit behind the scenes of how I produce this show. And while you're at it, while you're listening to this episode, if you could do me a favor, the best way to promote a podcast is word of mouth, uh, or that means you telling somebody else about this show. So please tell two of your friends, or even strangers as well, or anyone that's crazy enough to listen to this show. Thank you so much, and here we go. Have your boarding passes ready. Take a seat by the window and recline your chair. The mothership is about to take flight. We will go behind the scenes of the Poetic Earthlings podcast and discover the creative process at work. Each show is unscripted, candid, and will equip you with the resources you need to be a creative earthling. Say goodbye to your conventional way of thinking and your three-dimensional reality. Here is your captain, York Campbell.
0: My wife wants to buy one of those cute baby yodo dolls for the record my wife doesn't have any type of star wars action figures even dolls for that matter she was in the kitchen i was in the living room minding my own business i'm not even sure how we got started talking about star wars but she said that she was on amazon and she came across this adorable doll a baby Yoda. Now, this doll is not like any other doll. It could say around roughly 120 things. A hundred and twenty baby Yoda, I guess Googles and whatever baby Yoda says, this thing could do it. So I said to her, Are you for real? I mean, this thing costs over a hundred dollars. Do you really want to get a baby Yoda? You don't even play with dolls. She was sure of it. She said, yes, do it for me. I really want this doll. But here's the kicker. When she gets the doll, according to her, she's not even going to open the box. She wants to buy this Baby Yoda and keep it as a collector's item. So in the distant future, I guess when her and I are retired in our rocking chairs, we could sell the Baby Yoda. We could cash it in and get a lot of money from it. I opposed strongly to her. It kind of led into a little bit of a, a little bit of an argument. I said, Are, "Do you really want us to buy this Baby Yoda? You know how much things cost—over a hundred dollars. You're not going to open it. It's just going to sit there, staring at us, collecting dust." But she said, "Well, you get everything that you want. Just give me this. Just give me something that I want instead." Again, this went back and forth. I thought of it after the fact, and I was thinking, well, how ingenious is Star Wars? After all of the controversy with some of their movies not doing so well with the fans or probably the critics, especially the, the last movie, I mean, Star Wars was in a really bad shape. The makers of Star Wars, the, the franchise itself, bet they thought long and hard how they going to get out of it. For me, I like all of the Star Wars movie. I know, that's a pretty unpopular thing for me to say. I even like the prequels. As soon as you hear this, especially if you are a Star Wars purist, you're probably going to hit unsubscribe. Because all of the purest of Star Wars, they can't stand the prequels. But I, I like them all. I guess when it comes to Star Wars, I'm easy to please. Star Wars did something very small to win back the purest, and to win back the hearts of the Star Wars fans when they created the show Mandalorian. And not just the show, they did a very small thing, very small thing that brought in the audience that they lost with the movies. They created Yoda, but they made him into a baby. They made Yoda, not the Yoda that we know from the movies, but They made a Yoda that looks like Yoda, but he's a baby. There's a lot to be said about the the geniuses of Star Wars, the, the, the producers and the writers, but this is not what this episode is about. This is about the lessons I've learned, the vital lessons I've learned through the many years of watching Star Wars, over 40 years of Star Wars. But these are some of the lessons I've learned, particularly from Yoda. I can't do the Yoda's voice. I mean, the older Yoda. If I try it even on this episode, it's going to sound ridiculous. So I took some liberties. I took some clips for me to play to you. So these are six vital lessons from Yoda. Lesson one.
1: Impossible to see the future is.
0: There's some people out there. They try to predict the future. I remember this one guy. He was on, on a TV show, him and his wife. They sat down, and he came across as this modern-day prophet. None of his prophecies really came true, but he was so, so certain of it, that events will happen at a particular time. His wife brought in the news clippings and the articles, and he will sit down and read through them, and he will make some some predictions and saying that this is gonna happen at this particular time. He was so sure of it. There's some people that are so sure of the future, probably not like this person, but there's some people that they planned for it, for every single event, down to the T. Has life really worked out the way you intended it to work out? Most of our lives, it doesn't work out that way. We can make plans. It's good to make plans. But it doesn't really work out the way that we intended it to be. Some people, they plan on getting married when they're 25 and having their children before they, were, before they are, are 30. Life has a way of throwing us curveballs, doesn't it? I remember with my wife, when she was my, my girlfriend at the time, I wanted... To spend my my life with her and and start our marriage early and do all of these incredible things. But then we we separated, went our went our own ways. It wasn't until, I guess, a couple of years after that that we we found each other again and when we got married. Everything wasn't in the right order. Everything in my life started off late. I guess I'm a late bloomer. I got my driver's license late in life. I got married later on in life. So everything happened for me in a slow way. Does that happen for you as well? Are you a a late bloomer? Or does everything fall exactly in place for you? It probably does. I hope it does. But if you're like me, things, they start off a little bit bumpy and rocky and not everything is in the right order the way that you want it to be the way that you've envisioned it. We're not prophets and prophetists. Some of us pretend that we are, but in actuality, we're not. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what tomorrow will lead. Really, our lives are in this finite moment of time. I'm not saying that we shouldn't plan. We, We should definitely plan. If you look at my marriage, for instance, the one that is a planner, that, that's my wife. I am, more of a, I am more of a person that flies by the seat of my pants, but she plans out everything, and that's good. We need that in our lives. We also need to realize that all the best made plans could be changed in a heartbeat. It's always important to realize that the plans that you have for your book, for your story, it may not be the way that you have intended it to be. Sometimes when we hold on too much to a particular plan, it, everything gets, gets frustrating. Life is unpredictable. You don't know exactly what's going to happen in the future. So don't worry about it. Lesson number two.
1: Size matters not. Look at me. at me by my size, do you?
0: For my podcast... I'm not associated with NPR and all of these big guys. I say that often in my poetic earthlings. I am a little guy doing my thing, writing my material, providing the shows that I think you would like. It could be tempting, I guess, to say that, well, because I'm not big name, I don't have all of these people i don't have a big crowd it could be tempting to just say well i'm gonna pack it all in i'm not gonna try i'm not gonna go out there and do my thing because i don't have the resources or the money or the clout but as yoda says size does not matter he said well look at me he was referring to himself i'm a little guy but hey i could do great things Are you a big-time player in the industry of your field? I hope you are, because things will go easier for you if you have a built-in audience. But if you are not, then that's okay, too. When I started off this show, I did not have a built-in audience. And there are some people that, that give advice to say, well, you need to have a, a built-in audience before you start a podcast. You need to be recognized in your industry first before you turn the mic on. I had zero people. I had no one. It was just me and my phone at that time. didn't have the gear that I have right now and the expertise and everything else. I, had, I, I literally built from the, from the foundation upwards. And that's what we all need to do. The good thing is that when you're small, you could pivot fast. When you're big time and you have thousands and thousands of people, and you have a lot of people on staff as well, you can't pivot that fast. You can't turn. You can't maneuver that quickly. It's sort of like a little car. If you have a little car on the road, you can make sharp turns. If there's a parking spot, you could easily get into that parking spot, no problem. But if you're driving a big, a big semi and you're turning, oh my. If you're making a left turn, it takes a while to make that turn. It's not that easy. That is the disadvantage, I guess, of, of being so big. You can't make quick decisions because you have a lot of people under you. You have a lot of people watching you. You have, your, you have investors. You have, the stakes are so high. But when you don't have all of that, you could change. You could do things in a heartbeat. So don't worry about getting big, getting big time. If you like what you're doing, stay in that lane. You don't have to worry about being famous, whatever that means to you. So size does not matter. Another lesson that I've learned.
1: Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate
0: leads to... Whenever we fear things and we get involved in, in just a lot of fear, it really clouds us. The other day ago, I was on Twitter and I was reaching out to another, another writer and people took my reaching out in a negative way and they misinterpreted, they misunderstood what I was trying to do. Rather than calling me in, they they were trying to call me out. And it really hurt. And that led to anger. And once that led to anger, it clouded everything that I was doing. Anger could definitely, or fear I should say, could definitely lead to anger. So be careful. It destroys everything that you're trying to do creatively. You don't want to go down that route. So that's one of the lessons I've learned as well that fear could lead to anger. And if you're to let frustration, fear, and anger seep into your heart, you could control everything that you do. Do. Or
1: do not. There is no try.
0: Now this one took a while for me to figure out. I think what Yoda is trying to say here is that we can make a lot of excuses. I know that I can. There's some episodes that I that I wrote and I wasn't even gonna put out because I'm saying, Well, how is this gonna come across to people? They may think that this is too weird, they may think I'm stupid. And there's a lot of a lot of excuses, a lot of reasons that I call them not to do things. But sometimes our reasons they're are, they're actually excuses. So it's important to to recognize that, that we should just simply Go for it. If it's ethical and if it's if it's moral, then just go for it. Take a shot. The last lesson on this, lesson number six. You must unlearn what you have learned. This lesson is important. We could get so caught up in thinking that we know the right thing to do at all times. could be so full of ourselves that we could get in our own way and not Wanting to learn something new. We need to be willing to unlearn things. Because a lot of the things that we've learned is not even true. A lot of the things that we know about ourselves, the negative stuff that we picked up, the persona that we have, it's not true. We may think it's true. We may walk around with this negative persona, but people don't even look at us that way. Why are we looking at ourselves that way? We need to break that down. We need to get rid of it. If we want to learn something new, we need to throw away the old. It's very important. It's very important for me to do that as well. Constantly, I'm trying to do that. It's hard for me to think in a positive way. I have a lot of self-doubts, a lot of fears, a lot of anxieties. I am praying all the time about those things. Sometimes when I'm alone, I just think just tons of negative thoughts. Things that I that I think are are true about myself, but they're not. And if I really sit down and if I really think it through, then I realize that these things are just not true at all. What are some of the negative beliefs you have circulating your mind that you can't let go of? It's time for you to let those things go. It's time for you to unlearn it. Once you unlearn all those things, then you have time to learn new things. Once you throw out the bad, you have time to fill up in your mind the good. So these are some of the vital lessons I've learned from Yoda. I hope that these helped you. So when you're going to write your next story, write your next song, take your next photo, do whatever creative thing you do that these will propel you, push you forward. I know that these lessons have helped me. I have a lot to work on. I'm constantly, constantly working on things. Every episode that I produce on the Poetic Earthlings podcast is with a lot of fear and doubt, a lot of anxiety. Hopefully you don't go through all that fear and doubt and, and anxiety like I do. But we all have something, don't we? We all have that little something that kind of cripples us and holds us back in certain ways. We need to identify that and, and get rid of these things one by one. Some things are harder to get rid of than others. That's just how life is. We're not born perfect. We, we grow along the way. We make changes. But we're always a, a work in progress. I am a work in progress your friends are, your family members are, and so are you. I know that even within my marriage, my goodness, my wife, she's a work in progress, and she she will say the same thing about me. I'm always forgetting things in the house. She's constantly picking up after me. Seriously, she has a checklist of 155,000 rules, and I'm always breaking those rules leaving my things here, forgetting to forgetting to take out the garbage, the, the, the list goes on. I should probably have her on the show to tell you all the areas that, that I lack in. But at the end of the day, she loves me. And I can feel that love from her. And at the end of the day, I love her as well. There's a bond that's there. Despite all of our failures, there's somebody that Somebody special in your life that thinks that you are worth it, that you are amazing. So that's it for now. These six vital lessons from Yoda. Do me a favor, if you haven't done so already, you could go to the website, buy me a coffee slash poetic earthlings, and give to this show. Your contribution means so much. It's encouraging. You could give it a one-time way, a one-time gift, or you could be a monthly member of this show. Thank you for listening. This is York, south of the 49th Parallel. I'll talk to you soon.